Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for February 21st, 2022. I'm teaching a series all year that I'm going to teach all year called Intentional Progress, where not only do I believe that 2022 is a year of progression for us, our God is a God of progression and not regression, but also we're going to be deliberate about our pursuit of that progress. And so along those lines, I've been teaching some series already this year. I told you that there were like six things that the Lord gave me at the beginning of the year that I need to walk through. I'm still kind of in like number one. But as I'm going through all of this, we've been learning life lessons from the life of Jesus. And so as we've been studying the life of Jesus, we studied a bunch of things in John chapter 5, 6, 8, 12, 14, 15, 16, 17. And then recently, last week, we crossed over into chapter 18. So this is life lessons from the life of Jesus, part 31. But once we crossed over into chapter 18, I'm calling this the road to the resurrection. This is part two of that. So the road to the, the resurrection, because we're not, honestly, we're not that far away from Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday morning. And so as I was praying about it, I really wanted to move on to something else. And the Lord was like, no, no, it's, it's important uh, at least once a year. I like to teach about all the things that Jesus went through on the road to the resurrection that he dealt with for you and I, right? I mean, he did this for me. He did this for you. Uh, and so let's talk about it. Today, I'm going to cover John chapter 18, verses 12 through 14. Let's get into the word. If you haven't shared it already, please do so. Um, I want you to open up your heart to receive what God is about to say to you. All right, so let's get into it. John chapter 18, verses 12 through 14. I won't read it to you. I just kind of cover it. I want you to picture this scene for a moment. Jesus had just finished sharing his heart with his disciples, right? And that was at the Last Supper. Then he went and he prayed this amazing prayer in John chapter 17. This was a prayer that we kind of went through already and we studied the, the whole prayer. I call it the, the, the true Lord's prayer, right? So we studied John cha chapter 17. And so now Jesus is in the olive grove, and he's there with Peter, James, and John, and uh, he was praying, and Judas shows up. Judas shows up with a clan, um, and Judas tells the people that he's with, he says, hey, man, um, I want you. They was like, which one? Which one is it? <laughs> and so they was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go over there, and the one that I kiss is the one that you have to arrest, right? And so Jesus goes over. I mean, uh, Judas goes over and betrays Jesus with a kiss and calls him friend. Judas calls him friend. Hey, friend, kisses him. And with that, he betrayed him. And he did this for 30 pieces of silver. This is ridiculous. I'm talking about Jesus now. Jesus, the man that had done so much for Judas, Judas betrayed him with a kiss. He betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. You know the story I already dealt with the last week. When the men came to arrest Jesus, Jesus said, I am. And when he said, I am, bam, they fell back. And then, but they had so many weapons that it looked like they were ready for a fight. So Peter pulled out a sword and cut a guy's ear off. And then Jesus is like, come on, Peter, and, and grabbed the ear off. They picked up the ear off the, off the floor, off the ground, and put the ear back on the guy's head and told Peter to stand down. 
And then our text, finally, we get to where we are today, verses 12 through 14. The text tells us that Judas arrived with a whole detachment of soldiers, with the commanding officer of that group, and with the temple police. All of this for one man. <laughs> Not just any man, but it was the only sinless man to ever live, right? So think about that. The only sinless man, the only man to never really do anything wrong to anybody, all these men showed up to arrest him. Now, honestly, in the natural, they could have showed up with 10 legions, 10 divisions full of soldiers, and it wouldn't be enough, right? If, if Jesus didn't want to get arrested, then they didn't have the power to arrest him. But Jesus allowed it, right? Jesus could have called down legions of angels, but no, Jesus allowed it. And so with that, Jesus was hauled off like a criminal without really an arrest warrant without any real charges. And then he was taken to Annas, the father-in-law of Caiaphas. Now, let me explain who Annas was. So Annas was actually the high priest before Caiaphas. Annas was the high priest and he had been deposed of his office. And Caiaphas, who was his son-in-law, was then installed as the high priest. Now, Annas, once he was the high priest, even though he was deposed of his office, once you're a high priest, you're a high priest for life. It's kind of, kind of like a Supreme Court justice. So you can't really lose the position. And, 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 you know, scholars say that pretty much he was still in charge. Even though he was deposed of his office, he put his son-in-law in there. And so he was still kind of pulling the strings. And he was still, even though he was legally not the high priest anymore, he was still considered to be the man with power. So they took Jesus to Annas first, even though he, was not, he wasn't really in the position anymore. They took Jesus to Annas first, the, the unofficial high priest. And then after Annas was like, yep, let's, let's keep going with the process. And then they took him over to Caiaphas, the, the person who was actually the high priest. And either one of these men could have stopped and said, no, this is not right. But no, he was like, yes, let's keep going with the process. So what does this mean for you today? Today, I want to share on this Monday morning uh, three things with you about dealing with difficult people about dealing with disappointment and setbacks, about dealing with people down here in this world. This is a very important message, actually. So as I share these three things, I want you to open up your heart to receive. Number one, here's the, the first of three lessons. Number one, Jesus was betrayed by someone on his own team. Think about that for a minute. Jesus was betrayed by someone on his own team. Jesus prayed for us. He prayed to the Father for the Father not to take us out of the he said, Father, I don't want you to take them out of the world. I want you to keep them in the world, but keep them shielded and protected from the evil one. We're in this world, but not, we're not of this world. But, but we have to know that in this world, this, there's going to be some funny stuff. In this world, people are flawed. At the end of the day, we are all flawed. We are living in a, in a world that's in a fallen state, and we're dealing with people that are frail and that are flawed. We all have faults and flaws and failures, right? So uh, and one of the things that we have to deal with in this world is betrayal, being betrayed by other people. Let's talk about betrayal for a minute. Joseph, I'm, I'm going to get to Jesus. Let me give you two other examples. Joseph was betrayed by his own brothers. G Joseph, his own brothers, flesh and blood brothers, 10 out of his 11 brothers betrayed him. They almost killed him and then they sold him off into slavery, right? He was betrayed by his own flesh and blood. David was betrayed by King Saul. In one moment, King Saul was like, yes, thank you, David. Like, you know, because David solved a giant problem 
for Saul, right? Pun intended. David solved the Goliath problem for Saul. And so Saul was like, whew, this giant had us paralyzed. The, the whole nation of Israel was paralyzed for, for over a month. And David, this young man, came and solved that problem for the king. And so the king was like, praise God for that. And here you got, in one moment, he was praising him. And the next moment, he tried to kill him. He tried to kill David in the next moment. And not only that, he tried to kill David several times. Judas is somebody that Jesus invested in. Think about this. This is somebody on your own team. This is not somebody far off. Think about this is somebody on your own team. This is somebody that's part of your tribe. This is somebody that's with you. I'm talking about thick and thin. For three and a half years, Judas was there. Judas was there, right? Judas was there when Jesus caused the blind to see and the lame to walk and the deaf to hear. Jesus, Judas was there when Jesus said, okay, let me multiply fishes and loaves. He gave them the fishes and loaves and the bread and the fish was multiplying in their own hands. Judas was there when heads they would rip a head off and another head would pop on. And it was happening in his own hands. Judas was there when, 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 when Jesus got to the tomb. They was like, no, 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 don't open up the tomb. Lazarus has been dead for four days. His body stinketh by now, Lord. And he said, no, no, roll away the stone. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus popped up like a mummy. And he still had all that dead stuff. And they said, loose that man and let him go. Judas was there through all of that. And he still betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. I'm talking about the sad truth is that sometimes people who claim, hey, I'm going to be with you forever. Those are the people that will turn on you. People that say, you know, I, hey, I, I'm down with you like four flat tires. I'm with you through thick and thin. People that you invested, people that you pour into, people that you helped, people that was, yeah, they came to you. They were all jacked up. You invested, you mentored them, you poured into them, you helped them, you gave them money. You do all of that. And those are the people that will turn on you and betray you. And so at the end of the day, you got to learn that not everyone who is with you is for you. But here's three lessons you can learn from this. Three lessons you can learn from this, because I don't want your heart to get jaded towards people. All right. So the first one is, here, here we go. True friends are hard to find. So when you do find a true friend, you should cherish them. You should cherish the people that God has placed in your life. You honor them, respect them, pour into them and cherish that friendship because real friends, like down like four flat times, that's hard to find. Another one. Don't worry about betrayal. I've told you many times, their poison cannot stop your purpose. At the end of the day, their poison cannot stop your purpose. Let's go back to Joseph. How did it turn out for Joseph? Oh, it turned out all right. They thought that they would, watch this, they thought that, that they were doing something wrong to Joseph and they were propelling him. They were pushing him into his destiny. And then years later, when Joseph was in position, he had the power to have them all killed. And he said, guess what? What you meant for evil, God turned it around. For my good. Let's talk about David. For David, it turned out all right. Yeah, yeah, David had many opportunities to kill Saul, but he didn't do it. He says, I will, I, I will refuse to touch God's anointed. And in the end, after Saul was dead, he still became the king. What God has for you is for you. For Jesus, it still turned out all right. And yeah, at the end of the day, Jesus said, you know what? For the joy that was set before him, he was thinking about you and me. He, he, yeah, he endured the pain of the cross. He endured all this betrayal. He endured the mock trials for, yeah, he went through the middle of the night, all of that. He went through all of that. It still turned out all right. He suffered. He bled. He died. He rose from the dead with all power in his hand. He ascended up into heaven and he's coming back again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Here's the point. No one monkey 
can stop God's show in your life. I don't care what people do to you. They might try to stop you, betray you, but they can't stop you because God's hand is on you. And then the last lesson from this first point is that God has called us to love. See, Jesus, he prayed for them in earnest. When you know that, that God is on you and in you and with you and for you, when you know that in the end, that, that their poison can stop your purpose, then you could do Luke 6, 27, and 28. You can love your enemies. You could do good to those who curse you. You can pray for those that mistreat you. Why? Because in the end, you know that they can't hurt you anyway. You could pray for them saying, Lord, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. If they knew any better, they would keep my name out their mouth. If they knew any better, they wouldn't put their hand on me. Listen, people are messy sometimes, but you got to know that sometimes they don't even know any better. And so, so you pray for them in earnest because God is still on you. God is still God. His hand is still on you. And so you know that you're still good. At the end of the day, they can't curse what God has already blessed. And so since God is on you and in you and with you and for you, you keep looking up and not down. You keep looking forward and not backward. Greater is coming for you. So you walk in love. You don't need to get revenge. God is going to see to it that they reap a harvest on every negative seed sown. So that's between them and God. And you keep praying and you keep going. And the church said, amen. Number two, I got three things for you this morning. Number two, sometimes the people who should know better are the ones who fail you. Come on now. Sometimes the people who should know better are the ones who fail you. Listen, when Jesus, when, when Judas betrays Jesus, he gets arrested. Who's the first people they take him to? Annas and Caiaphas. These jokers should know better. They were the high priests. They were the descendants of Aaron. I'm talking about they had the priestly office. These, this was the Levitical priesthood and they had the highest position. If anyone should have known better, they should have known better. If anyone, I mean, here they are, they go, they had the heritage, they had the right clothes, they had the priestly attire, they had the authority, they, they were the ones authorized to go into the Holy of Holies. And so if anybody should have known that Jesus was the Messiah, it should have been Annas, it should have been Caiaphas. If anyone should have recognized the king of glory. It should have been Annas. It should have been Caiaphas. And, and when, when Jesus stood before them, they should have known right there in that moment that this man is here to fulfill prophecy. But they didn't. Not only that, they didn't do it. Watch this. The Pharisees missed Jesus. The Sadducees missed Jesus. The Sanhedrin council missed Jesus. The entire body of priests missed Jesus. Two actual high priests Miss Jesus. Jesus was standing right in front of them. John 1 says Jesus came to his own people and his own people did not receive him. What does that tell you? It tells you that sometimes humans who even have the grace to be a blessing, people that are supposed to recognize the anointing on your life, people that are supposed to be a blessing to you, people that know better. At the end of the day, even though they know better, sometimes the people that know better don't do better. Sometimes the people you think you should count on the most wind up helping you the least. But don't worry. God is still God. God still got you. Hey, look at me. God still got you. Your confidence should not be in men. Your confidence should be in God anyway. At the end of the day, you got to look at God. At the end of the day, appreciate your tribe. Thank God for the people that he surrounded you with. But your confidence has to be in God and not in men. Why? Because humans are flawed. Humans, like, like at the end of the day, one out of 12, one out of the 12 people on Jesus' staff turned on Jesus. So at the end of the day, you got to look up and not down. You got to look forward and not backward. You got to appreciate the people around you, but your confidence cannot be in them. And sometimes it doesn't even make any sense. I'm talking about like the high priest, two high priests. 
It doesn't make sense. These are people, people turning on you, and it doesn't make sense why they're turning on you. Like these are people that should know better, and then they don't do better. But at the end of the day, pray for them and keep stepping. And the church said amen. Number three, last point for today on this President's Day, the irony of life. Let's talk about that. Jesus was not taken. Because when you think about it, I'm going to talk about this on the road to the resurrection. Jesus was taken from mock trial to mock trial in the middle of the night. And so they, 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 they convicted the only sinless man to ever live, right? And they did this without any eyewitnesses. And they did this on trumped up charges. And they convicted him. I mean, this is ridiculous what they did. But they, they, he wasn't taken to like low lives. He wasn't taken to shady characters. He was taken to people with the priestly office. He was taking the people that were supposed to know better. He was taking the people, watch this, the people, sometimes the people most likely to bless us will curse us. And sometimes the people most likely to curse us will bless us. That's why your confidence has to be in God. When you choose to look at circumstances through the lens of faith, infused by the grace of God, then you can look past, here's, here's the key, you can look past the mess long enough to see the message in it. You can look past the problems long enough to see the purpose in it. At the end of the day, Jesus had to look past all that stuff because his confidence was not in the Jewish religious elite. His confidence was in God. He maintained his confidence in God. He knew that God was still God. He knew that God was still sitting on the throne. He knew that the hand of God, the work of God, the plan of God was still working. He knew that, watch this, they can't stop me. What God has for me is for me. So when you know that your confidence is in God, when you know that God is still sitting on the throne, when you know that the hand of God, the favor of God, the grace of God is still on your life, and when you're keeping your eyes fixed and focused on Jesus, then are people going to turn on you? Yes. Are people going to let you down? Yes. Will you be betrayed? Yes. Will people have your name in their mouth? Yeah, it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, you can't be moved by that. You pray for them. You know that they can't stop you and you rest. You learn how to enter into God's rest because God is still God. God's, what God has for me is for me. And I know without a doubt <laughs> that he will bring me out. You know what I'm saying? It's like God, what God has for me, nobody can stop me. If God put my name on it, then, then nobody could take my name off it. It's going to come to pass because my confidence is in God. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for the example that you have given me in Christ Jesus. In Jesus, I see a man, a human, who walked around on the earth with no sin. He was perfect in any way, in every way. And he was perfect for me <laughs> because he knew I would not be perfect. Jesus was righteous and he was righteous for me because I can never be righteous on my own. So now I am in Christ and Christ is in me. In Christ, I am perfect and righteous. I love as Jesus loved. I live as Jesus lived. Jesus was accused, arrested, arraigned, and convicted without any true case against him, without any eyewitness testimonies, and clearly without a fair trial. But Jesus did not complain because he did it for me. I appreciate what Jesus did for me, and I learned from the process. He endured 
on the road to the resurrection. Two of the most qualified people to identify him as a Messiah wound up turning on him. And this reminds me that my trust and my confidence must be in you. So I enter this day, Father, with fearless confidence, knowing that you will never let me down. Even when those closest to me betray me, I know you are still on the throne, you are still God, and you still have plans for me. My eyes are fixed and focused on you, and I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith, in Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org if you want my notes. Click on the subscribe button. Get, you'll get all my notes. Put in your email address. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Two things. Leave me some comments in the chat and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.